Hey guys, it's Kayla. It's Evan. And welcome to Podskis. Hey guys, and welcome to our second episode of Podskis. And today we're going to be focusing on instrumental delivery. Yeah. And we had a little bit of a discussion and a re-listen to the episode. And personally, we just thought that it was a little bit too quick. And so we thought it would have been yeah, a Evan, more... Geez. I know. I, honestly, I felt as stressed as I would have been if I was doing a real Oski. Absolute shambles. And we just thought it would have been, or it would be more useful to talk out an Oski and what you should be doing during the Oski. And we hope that this will be of more value. So we'll start off with the stem. Before that, please let us know how you're feeling about this Oski in comparison to the, the previous Podski. Leave us a like, leave us a review. Just to help us out into in terms of what you guys would prefer in the future. Yeah, because we definitely want to tailor these episodes to helping you, you out as much as yeah. as much as we can. So we'll start off with the STEM. So you are the obstetrics resident and have been asked to see Casey, who will need to be consented for a possible forceps delivery and C-section. She has been diagnosed with a delayed first stage of labour. She is currently 4 centimetres dilated with contractions of 3 in 10. Following a bradycardia on CTG, a fetal scalp electrode showed an acidotic picture. The team decides that it would be best to expedite delivery, aiming first for an instrumental delivery, and if this fails, moving to a C-section. Casey is told that the instrumental delivery will occur in theatre. So your tasks are, one, explain to the examiner the conditions for an instrumental delivery to occur, and two, consent Sandra for a C-section. So let's go through task one first. And a really cool mnemonic to use for instrumental delivery is forceps. So F-O-R-C-E-P-S. Yeah. So in terms of F, we're looking for fully dilated. So we want the cervix to be at 10 centimeters. Yep. For O, we're looking at orientate in lithotomy. So here we want mum's legs in stirrups in kind of like the frog leg position. Yep. For R, we're looking for ruptured membranes. For C, we're looking for contracting uterus and catheter in situ. Yeah, and again, the catheter in situ is there, referring back to the anatomy. So one of the biggest causes of PPH is um, an atonic uterus, which basically means that the uterus isn't contracting properly. And one of the most common reasons that this can occur is because the bladder is full. And the easiest way to prevent this from happening is ensuring that the bladder is not full. And we do that with a catheter. Amen. So, so E, we're looking at engagement of the head. So we want the head at or below the ischial spines. Yeah, and this is really an access issue. If baby's head isn't low enough, then we can't get to How it with you... the instrument. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for P, we're looking at position. So we want occiput position. Yeah, and that's, again, because of the anatomy. We want something to be able to hold on to and to be able to pull yep. or give traction to to remove the baby. Yep. And S, we're looking at severity of pain reduced. So here we're looking at either an epidural, a spinal, or a pudendal nerve block. So this is important. Even if there is a need to quickly get baby out, there should be appropriate analgesia. You wouldn't perform a C-section without analgesia. So this is the same. The same is true for this. Now, when you think about it, usually with an instrumental delivery, we're also looking at an episiotomy. Yeah. And... I'm sure you guys know what an episiotomy is, but it's basically a cut uh, to mum's, what's the area called? Uh, the perineum. Perineum. Yep. Very painful. Yes. Very painful. And so is the suturing procedures after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you want to ensure that there's proper pain management. Another thing, another kind of thing to point out is the pudendal nerve block. So why would you do a pudendal nerve block? And this really comes down to sensation 
and what mum wants to experience in terms of the pains of labor. So with an epidural block, obviously, you don't feel any pain. You feel more pressure. Yep. Whereas with the pudendal nerve block, it more anesthetizes the perineum, but still allows the woman to have the the feelings of the contractions, the pain of the contractions, and the actual sensation of baby's head passing into the birth canal, which for some women is very important. So it's super important. some women might not want to have the full-blown pain that comes with pregnancy yeah. or might need it for episiotomy, but they still want to experience as close as they can the process of childbirth. And so the pudendal nerve block is kind of one of the closest things that we can use to ensure that pain is minimized, but also to ensure that the woman gets to experience Yeah, because yeah, for some yeah. women, taking that away from them is quite traumatic. Absolutely, really. yeah. Yeah. So let's go through task two now. So let's consent Sandra for a C-section. Okay. So in terms of consenting stations, and this applies to all OSCEs, not just for women's health or not just for cesareans, the mnemonic that I use is IPBRAD. So IPBRAD. So the I stands for indications. The P stands for procedure. So before, during, after. The R stands for risks. The A stands for alternatives. And the D stands for documentation. So we'll go through the actual c-section consent now so in terms of the indications the main reason that we're going to do this is because of a delayed first stage in labor and the bradycardia seen on the ctg with sandra there are also a number of reasons that we would do a c-section and that was explained in the previous episode but in this specific tem stem tem <laughs> in this specific stem we're tailoring our indications and we're telling sandra why we're going to do this based on what she's presenting with so in terms of the procedure before the procedure we're going to do some blood tests We'll also apply the appropriate pain management, which will likely be a spinal anesthetic. And really just letting Sandra know as well that her partner or support person will be able to be in the room with her during the procedure. Some other things that we might do before the procedure as well, or that we will do, should I say, should I say before the procedure, is putting in the catheter as well. So during the procedure, what can Sandra expect? So the entire procedure takes about 30 minutes. It's an operation. She won't feel any pain, but she will feel pushing and pulling. She'll be in the operation theatre with a number of people. At the end of it, she'll get to meet baby. So after the actual procedure, she'll be on the ward for a few days and she will have some pain. However, this will be managed. In terms of the benefits, so why does Sandra want to do this procedure? Because ultimately, this is how Sandra can make informed consent. So the main thing is that her and baby will be safe. So right now, given the STEM, there's a really high risk of Sandra tiring out. There's also a really high risk from what we've seen in the CTG that baby isn't getting enough oxygen to the brain. And this is obviously a problem. So now we go into the risks of performing an operation. So when we're giving consent, we can't only talk about the benefits. We also have to talk about the risks, course, the bad things that can happen. Informed. Yeah. And so Sandra needs to know the risks to make an informed decision. So the first risk is the anesthetic risk. And this is things like complication or a really rare anaphylactic reaction. Then we have the risk of infection. So generally, surgery is quite quite clean. Everything's done aseptically and everything's sterilized. But there is a chance of infection. Yeah. There's also a risk of damage to surrounding structures. So for example, the bladder or the colon, depending on the anatomy as well. And, and this is definitely a risk. And also there is the risk in rare cases of hysterectomy, and that's yeah. removing the womb. Yeah. Um, and this can be because of severe bleeding. So now we move into the alternatives. So what can Sandra do apart from doing the C-section. So one of the options might be waiting and seeing. However, giving the stem, it's probably not good in this case. And that's because along with the CTG, we've done a fetal scalp lactate. And this is showing that baby is acidotic, which means that there's low oxygen that's happening. 
mm-hmm. here. And this is not a good picture because it's telling us that baby's in distress. Yes. So given everything, we really think that Sandra should proceed with, first of all, trying to have a forceps delivery, but then progressing to a cesarean to get baby out, to make sure that mum and baby is safe. We end this with the documentation. So this is really the end of the informed consent. And we ask Sandra to sign the consenting slip if she's happy with everything that she's heard. We also make sure that we tell Sandra that at any time, if her and her partner have any questions, they're more than welcome to ask the medical team or the midwifery team for advice. Yep, beautiful. So guys, that's the end of our Podski episode, our second Podski episode. So again, you can follow us on Linktree. Yep. And Linktree will basically take you to all of our streaming services as well as all of our social media. Yeah, but if you Google Podstetrics, you'll find everything as well. Beautiful. So again, I'm Kayla. And I'm Evan. Stay safe, guys. And take care of yourselves.